98K News. I'm Andrew Shirovsky with the one o'clock news. The headlines. President Xi Jinping says China and the U.S. must tackle important challenges together as he and Joe Biden stage their virtual summit. Carrie Lam says the government may have to go further to reduce the COVID risk from flight crew, but they won't lose their quarantine exemption. And health experts advise moving slowly on giving Sinovac jabs to children. President Xi Jinping has told U.S. leader Joe Biden at their virtual summit that the two nations must improve communication and face challenges together amid heightened tensions. The president said that he was happy to see Mr. Biden, who he called his old friend. Mr. Xi spoke through an interpreter. As the world's two largest economies and the permanent members of the U.N. Security Council, China and the United States need to increase communication and cooperation We should each run our domestic affairs well and, at the same time, shoulder our share of international responsibilities and work together to advance the noble cause of world peace and development. Mr. Biden said at the opening of the summit that he hoped the two leaders could meet face-to-face next. He said he hoped to have a candid conversation with Mr. Xi that would include human rights and security issues. It seems to me our responsibility as leaders of China and the United States to ensure that the competition between our countries does not veer into conflict, whether intended or unintended. Just simple, straightforward competition. To be clear and honest where we disagree and work together where interests intersect, especially on vital global issues like climate change. The talks ended about a half an hour ago, according to official media reports. The chief executive says Hong Kong is prepared to take further action to reduce the risk of quarantine-exempt flight crew spreading COVID-19, though she ruled out ending their exemption entirely. Carrie Lam admitted that a decision to order 130 Cathay cockpit crew into quarantine for 21 days after three crew were infected would affect the supply of goods to the SAR. Speaking through a translator, she said Cathay had taken additional steps. We've been talking to Cafe Pacific over the past few days. So it is not left to the individual airline company alone. They've been told that if there are further cases, it might affect Hong Kong's anti-epidemic efforts as a whole. So please understand that under the premise of maintaining normal operation of our community, Wherever possible, and even with tolerable impact on certain sectors, we will take additional measures. Meanwhile, Mrs. Lamb has said the government continues to facilitate the operations of international media in the SAR, though she declined to discuss why a journalist was denied a visa renewal last week. The chief executive was asked about the case of Wang Su Lin, China correspondent for The Economist, ahead of the weekly EXCO meeting. Mrs. Lam said any government had the right to refuse to issue a visa to a foreign national. For example, standing here as the chief executive of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, I've been denied visa into the United States of America. Uh, Although I I would dispute that, but that was the autonomy and the discretion of the U.S. government. So uh, it is always the discretion of the Director of Immigration to decide on the circumstances of each case to decide whether they will grant an e-visa or extend a visa or impose certain conditions on a visa. 
An expert advisor to the government has urged the authorities to move slowly on reducing the age at which people can receive the Sinovac vaccine. Lao Yu Lung, chair of the Pediatrics Department at the University of Hong Kong and head of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine Preventable Diseases, made the comment after scientists recommended reducing the minimum age for the jab from 18 to 3. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat program, Professor Lau said children were at limited risk at a time when the SAR is implementing a zero-COVID strategy. So officials could start by vaccinating older pupils. And then after the primary school children have been vaccinated, say, I don't know, beginning of next year, and then we've accumulated some more experience, then we could start looking at the kindergarten and nursery children, that is the three years old and so on. And by that time, the condition may be mature enough for mainland authority and central government to say, yes, sir, we will open up the border and we will connect with the world. Meanwhile, an epidemiologist says COVID-19 vaccine coverage in the elderly is more critical than in children. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health said there was no rush to inoculate children. But children are really at much lower risk of COVID than, than older adults and elderly particularly. So uh, in, in my opinion, the priority in Hong Kong should be to vaccinate the elderly. But at the same time, as long as we pursue the zero COVID approach successfully and we don't have COVID in our community, then, then there's, there's no rush, there's no, there's no extreme urgency, uh, particularly for children to get vaccinated. But uh, if, if we're anticipating reopening, relaxing the, the COVID policies, then, uh, of course, we'd like to have vaccination being offered, at least on a voluntary basis, to as many people as possible. Steve Bannon, the former advisor to Donald Trump, has appeared in court on criminal charges. He's been indicted for contempt of Congress after refusing to testify in front of an inquiry into the deadly riot that Trump supporters staged at the U.S. Capitol in January. Mr. Bannon didn't enter a plea. Speaking outside court, he criticized the prosecution and defended his refusal to go before the committee. There is nothing about this case that reflects a pursuit of the equal justice under the law. This thing was a scam from the beginning. The committee, the committee, the committee that was convened here was convened exclusively of people who have made prejudgments and announced them publicly. The chair of the committee sued President Trump personally and before he was even appointed to his position, determined and put in writing that President Trump was responsible for the events of January 6th. The military government in Myanmar has said it will continue to deny U.N. human rights investigators access to the country because their comments have not been constructive. The U.N. has said it believes the oppression that has taken place since the army seized power in February pointed to crimes against humanity. The deputy information minister, Major General Zaw Min Tun, explained why they would not allow the U.N. investigators in. <laughs> The reason we don't allow them in is because, number one, we consider it not the right time. Two, we can't agree with their demands. And number three, what they say about Myanmar is not constructive. The general acknowledged that hundreds of civilians had died, but denied allegations of systematic abuse of prisoners. The U.S. journalist sentenced to 11 years in prison in Myanmar, Danny Fenster, has been released. He worked for the online news site Frontier Myanmar and is on his way back to America. Mr. Fencer was released after negotiations between former U.S. diplomat Bill Richardson and the ruling junta. The journalist spoke to reporters on a stopover in Doha. 
He was asked whether he was suffering after six months in prison. No, I'm feeling all right physically. Um, it's just uh, the same uh, privations and things that come with any form of incarceration. You just go a little stir-crazy. Uh, the longer it drags on, the more worried you are that it's just never going to end. So uh, that, was, that was the biggest concern, just staying sane through that. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has announced that the country's terror threat has been upgraded to severe after an explosion in a taxi outside a hospital in Liverpool on Sunday. The threat level was lifted from substantial by the Independent Joint Terrorism Analysis Centre after the blast which killed a man and injured a taxi driver. Mr Johnson said an attack was highly likely. But it is a stark reminder of the need for us all to remain utterly vigilant and the independent Joint Terrorism Analysis Centre, JTAC, are today raising the UK's threat level from substantial to severe, meaning an attack is highly likely. But what yesterday showed above all is that the British people will never be cowed by terrorism. We will never give in to those who seek to divide us with senseless acts of violence. And our freedoms and our way of life will always prevail. A court in Mombasa has sentenced four Kenyan police officers between, to, to between nine and 15 years in jail for the manslaughter of the son of a British aristocrat nine years ago. Alexander Monson was found dead in a police cell in the coastal town of Diani in May in the year 2012. He'd been arrested in a nightclub on suspicion of possessing marijuana. His mother, Hilary Martin, said her work with the Kenyan NGO shows that deaths in police custody were not uncommon in the country. I'm also aware from having worked with Nahuri that there are many mothers all over this country who have lost particularly sons who seem to be the major victim young men um, at the hands of the police. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,669. That's 283 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $65 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 114.14 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 45 cents. To sport and England have qualified for next year's Football World Cup after Harry Kane scored four times in a lopsided 10-0 win over San Marino. Kane now has 48 England goals, level with Gary Lineker, and only five behind Wayne Rooney's all-time record. You have to respect whoever you play against. We play against who's put in front of us, so every opportunity you get to wear the shirt, you're, you're always proud. And, and like I said, scoring for your country never gets old. So whoever we're playing, we, we want to put in the best performance for the fans who travelled and obviously the fans back home watching, and, and I think we've done that tonight. European champions Italy will have to go through a playoff if they're to reach the World Cup. A goalless draw with Northern Ireland means Italy finished second in Group C, two points behind Switzerland, who defeated Bulgaria... 4-0. China will try to revive their World Cup qualifying campaign when they face Australia tonight. The national team are second from bottom in Group B following last week's 1-1 draw with Oman. A loss for China could spell the end of their World Cup hopes. Australia holds a second and final spot for direct qualification in their group. One point ahead of third place Japan. The leaders Saudi Arabia 
play Vietnam. The English Premier League side Norwich City have hired Dean Smith as their new manager, replacing Daniel Farca. Smith signed a two-and-a-half-year contract with the Canaries a week after being sacked by Aston Villa. More from BBC's John Murray. A full eight days after his sacking at Aston Villa, Dean Smith is back working in the Premier League. In fact, he says that since he was 16, there's been only around four months when he's not been working in football. So for the now 50-year-old Dean Smith, it's his fourth job in management, having previously left Walsall, Brentford and Aston Villa in a better state than when he joined them. Craig Shakespeare, who was Smith's assistant at Villa, joins Norwich with him, and he takes over at a club bottom of the table, five points behind Watford and Villa, who are just above the relegation zone and his first match in charge will be on Saturday at home to Southampton coincidentally the same opponents as his final match at Villa in tennis Novak Djokovic has made a winning start at the ATB Tour finals in Turin beating Norway's Kasper Ruud in straight sets after the match Djokovic was presented with a trophy for finishing the year as world number one feels amazing and uh, obviously feels even better when you win a match and then you get your hands on the trophy that um, I've been blessed to lift for seven times now in my career uh, one more than than Pete Sampras who was my uh, my childhood hero in other tennis news Roger Federer will be missing from the Australian Open ending a run of 21 consecutive appearances at Melbourne Park for the six-time champion Federer is recovering from the two operations he had on his right knee and finally, the American children's television series Sesame Street will debut its first Asian-American Muppet, Ji Young. The character who will debut in a special episode on Thanksgiving celebrates the Asian and Pacific Islanders' experience in the United States, according to the nonprofit organization behind the show. Ji Young's name also has many meanings, as the Muppet explains in her introductory interview. So in Korean, uh, traditionally, the two syllables, they each mean something different. And chi means like uh, uh, smart or wise, and um, young means like uh, brave or courageous or wow. strong. Yeah, but we were looking it up, and guess what? What chi also means sesame. Oh, about that. Ji Young's puppeteer, Korean American Kathleen Kim, says she thought it was crucial that the Muppet was not generically Pan Asian. It was very important to us that she was. Um, not generically pan-Asian, um, because that's something that I think all Asian Americans um, have experienced. You know, they kind of want to lump us into this monolithic Asian. Um, but they had a Korean puppeteer, and so it was very important that she was specifically Korean-American. Not just like generically Korean, but she is born here. She embraces her culture, but she's also American. Mm -hmm. And I think it was honestly inspired, unfortunately, by um, but the past year and the rise in, um, you know, attacks and, and uh, racist incidents against Asian people, especially during COVID. And now the weather. Mainly fine and dry, moderate east to northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The current temperature is 26 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity is 61%. And that's the news from RTHK.
And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the sixteenth of November is today's date. A big thanks to Phil. Phil for this morning's morning brew, and I'll be with you for the next couple of hours until three o'clock this afternoon. In about ten minutes or so, we're going to be hearing about an upcoming production called Only a Girl, which is presented by the Hong Kong Youth Arts Foundation. I'm excited to be chatting with cast member Bianca Bautista, along with choreographer Natalie Xu. And they'll both be joining us in about 10 minutes to tell us all about their production. And after the 2 o'clock news, Andrew Dembina, Food.